well done being friendly. We appreciate it. Now, no repercussions. Let's just take a vote. How many people are excited it's Christmas and how many bow humbugs we got? Okay, let's start with who's excited about Christmas? Right? Huh. It's about a half. Let's see how this goes. How many people are a little more bow humbug it's Christmas? Boy, to be in church and lie like that. Well, Dan and Judy admitted to it, but uh, that's good. Well, that's good. I, I love Christmas, uh, the songs, the crowds. Although I learned this year I don't like Costco crowds. Can I get an amen? That is nuts. We have three kids, so we're now Costco people. And uh, so I appreciate that very much. But, whoo, people are mean. I didn't realize you have to wear steel-toed boots when you go to Costco. Old ladies will just gun you down. I just hung out at the bacon-wrapped jalapeno guy. Manny and I were good friends. That's what we did, and I didn't feel so good after, but I really enjoyed the experience. I uh, love Christmas, but the challenge with Christmas is that it's not perfect. And Christmas tends to remind us of somebody who's not here that we would like to have here or something that could be happening that's not happening. I'll tell you a Christmas story. So the old holy night hot check, she's mine, bought her years ago. And so 25 years ago, this Christmas was our first Christmas. I proposed the previous Christmas, um, a New Year's Eve, under her mom's Christmas tree. It's all very romantic. I'd planned ahead, and I asked her to marry me, and she thought I was joking. <laughs> what kind of, we were actually married two years before she knew I liked her. So it was, it was awkward. So I had to ask twice, but then she said yes. So 25 years ago, our first married Christmas comes around. We're students, and her dad had died a few Christmases before. And man, it, we just felt my mother-in-law's fine, but my father-in-law, he was the good one. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and he was gone. Uh, grandma comes in a couple of days, but. Uh, we thought maybe, it wasn't really a spoken thing, but both of us were thinking the same thing. If we can make Christmas perfect this year, it's not that it brings him back, but that Hallmark Christmas where the closing scene, the snow, oh, look, it's snowing, right, outside the, over the candlelight. We thought if we just could nail Christmas, it would, it would just help. It would be more fun. So we'd had a discussion because we were both students, and uh, we couldn't afford a real tree but I thought we could probably scrounge up an artificial one that kind of looked like a Charlie Brown tree. So we'd had this whole discussion, and then a few nights before Christmas, I come home, and my wife is pulling this gigantic Christmas tree out of the back of her Ford sedan. And it was like a clown car experience. She just kept pulling this tree, and she was, I'm helping her pull the tree, and we're like many steps. It's seven-foot-long real tree. It, the backs, I, how did you get this in here? She said, the guy at the lot helped me. Oh, okay, well, the back seat was down and the front seat was leaned forward and there were pine needles everywhere and I knew those would be my responsibility later. And, and we get the thing out and I said, w we weren't going to do a real tree. And she said, it was only $7. Well, okay, $7, I'll give you. Even students can afford $7 25 years ago, although back then that was like $11 today, right? So it wasn't just $7. 
Starbucks drinks back then were less than $4. So it's been a while. It's been 25 years. So we're going to take this tree in. It, the $7 included the tree stand. Now, I wanted artificial. If it's going to be a perfect Christmas, it, it should be an artificial tree. Here's me in our New York Christmas with my brother. My brother came up with a Santa skit. And uh, so here you go. Christmas 1974, my mom's handwriting, Santa and his helper. I was the helper. I'm the youngest of six. Anytime I got mentioned, I was pretty excited. So I was the helper. Uh, let's see. Paul was, what does that say? I can't even read my mom's handwriting, but I was six, so he would have been nine. If you notice, there's a little blood on the, it's another story, but, you know, the Santa skit didn't go well. But I want you to really notice the tree. First of all, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful tree. Uh, I grew up with a Jewish dad, so that Tonka toy is still in our backyard to this day. The kids have to play with it. Uh, my oldest brother there married an Italian, so that's up on top. The, the TV, I grew up in a TV household. We, had, we wheeled the TV out for the Charlie Brown Christmas special on Christmas Eve. I, uh, I'm kind of smirking there because my, I, I, didn't, I wanted to be Santa Claus, and I didn't get to be Santa Claus, and my brother ended up with a bloody lip. As a, it wasn't me. And uh, so I was kind of happy right there, if you notice. But focusing on the tree, this may shock you by looking at it, but my mom was a veteran mom, and she let the kids decorate the tree. You can't tell <laughs> by just looking at it. And, uh, and on there somewhere are my ornaments. And uh, so that's why, uh, that, that's why I thought in order for it to be a perfect Christmas, we need an artificial tree. And now my wife has brought home this huge, real natural tree, and I don't know what to do. And so our friend Matt stopped by to celebrate our first Christmas with us. And so Matt and I take the tree into the house and it's scraping the ceilings. It's a rental house and it's, it was built, I think, in the 40s. It wasn't our like, hard, you know, our high ceilings. And so we put the thing into the tree stand and she put some water in it. So we put the water in it and we step back and bam, that tree went down. Water everywhere. Luckily, it's a rental. So what did we care? So we, we looked and realized, oh, it's a, it's a, the, the trunk was a little bit bent. You know, what do you get for $7? So we take the tree outside, and Matt and I go hunting to borrow a saw from somebody, and we come back, and we chop off about a foot of it or six inches or whatever it was, and we think, well, that probably fixed it. And so we put it back in the tree stand and more water, and we step back, and bam, that thing went down. So we kept sawing until we finally realized, I, I actually appreciate this about the tree. It had obviously grown up on a mountain. Because it wasn't just the base that was curved. The whole tree was kind of an S-shape. That's why it was $7. So we kept sawing. It's now a four-foot tree for $7, and it still wouldn't stay in the stand. And this may shock you, <clears throat> but some tension started to creep into our first Christmas, <laughs> our, our perfect first Christmas uh, You know when you haven't had food recently and you get a little hangry? You know, something like that. There were some tears. First, Jenny, uh, and so then Matt leaves. And then we just realized, look, it's a rental. Let's not worry about it. We just bolted the tree to the wall. <laughs> that worked great. Perfect. Then we, uh, it's a perfect Christmas. This was just a little setback. And, you know, good news. Now the tree's about this high. Even Jenny can decorate. She can put the star on the tree. Before, we didn't have room. It up as squashed against the ceiling. So let's look on the bright side. We get the hot chocolate. Jenny's big on baked goods. So uh, we were ready to go. It's time to put on the decorations. I know how to decorate a tree. I've been doing this since I was a child. My decorations were determined to not be worthy of our perfect Christmas tree. 
and then there were more tears, mine. We disagree on that fact, but I'm telling you, that's what happened. It wasn't a perfect Christmas. And I tell you that story because I know at your house this year, it is also not a perfect Christmas. It is maybe news to you that Christmas isn't meant to be perfect. Christmas is meant, Emmanuel, to remind us that God is with us because we look around and we see what's going on and we read the news and it really feels like God isn't here anymore. Is this the way it's supposed to be? Well, Jesus said there's always wars and rumors of wars. And so while we appreciate that, Christmas was never meant to be perfect. Christmas is the annual reminder that God is still at work, even though it doesn't look like we think it should. That first Christmas wasn't perfect either. You know the pictures. We, we drove in past one. There's, there's Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger and shepherds and the wise men and the lowing cattle, whatever the cows do. And we think that's got to be perfect. And we miss that they had to travel to the husband's ancestral hometown for the census. The Romans wanted to know who we got here. And so he was in the line of David and King David grew up as a, as a kid in Bethlehem. So they had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. 80 miles. Where would you have to go? I'd have to go to Brooklyn. We went to say goodbye to my elderly mother before she passed back in 2019, and I said to my, my wife, since we're going, let's stay in Brooklyn and show the kids the ancestral home. And my wife, who loves me, said, you didn't grow up anyplace cool. No. We're not staying there. So we stayed in Midtown Manhattan, which is very cool, but not where I grew up. So we'd have to go back to Brooklyn. You would have to go back to your ancestral home. That's what Joseph was doing. So he had, uh, had his family. But it all started with a conversation before, 80 miles away in Nazareth. Now, here's something that half the crowd may not know. But, fellas, you know this to be true. I would like to say my primary motivation to be the best version of me is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The real reason I try to be the best, well, close, to, better version of myself is to impress the hot chick. Guys, can I get an amen? That's the motivation. Every day. I read the Bible in the morning, and, I, man, I am fired up for just those couple of minutes. But routinely, I'm just trying to impress Jenny. So you know that Joseph was trying to impress Mary, his fiance. He was a carpenter. We're doing this Advent calendar on our wall. And today's picture was the manger scene. Mary holding the baby. And Joseph's got a gray beard. What, what is it, Grandpa? What, what is going on? Let's put some thought into this, people. It's kind of what it looks like when Jenny and I stand together. But we really are about the same age. So I picture the conversation 80 miles before in Nazareth. Joseph wanted to impress his fiance. The angels already come to Mary. Joseph, look what I made in the carpenter shop today, Mary. He's like, oh, that's great, honey. That's great. Hey, by the way, I'm pregnant. Good news, though, not yours. <laughs> so that's something. The angel told me, it's a Holy Spirit baby. It's the promised Messiah, the Savior, the one we've learned about, we've been waiting generations for. going to happen right here. 
in our time, in our lifetime, in fact, you and me, in our family. Isn't that great news? Isn't it just perfect? The first Christmas for Joseph. There's a cartoon going around this year. It's Joseph sitting there with Mary over baby Jesus. He said, no, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I just thought maybe since the baby is all magical and stuff, maybe it wanted to change its own diaper. That first Christmas, Matthew wrote down Honorable Joseph's response for us. So Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four stories of Jesus. And Matthew's audience was those who knew the Old Testament. They knew all the, the promises about the Savior coming. So Matthew's telling us, about Jesus being born. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, the carpenter, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not, did not want to disgrace her publicly. Did you see, Mary, see what Mary did? He didn't want to do that. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, remember, got to go to the ancestral hometown. Ted of Brooklyn, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Well, that's what Mary said. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Sins? I'm pretty good. Yeah, but what about everybody else? Sins are those things what you don't even live up to your own standard. So you know about God's standard. So we're going to get that reconciled? Huh. When you go to court, you know, when you go to court, you got in trouble. You can't just go and apologize to the judge. There's consequences. So there's consequences. My wife once got a speedy uh, parking ticket in downtown Tucson, and, uh, and she had a good argument of why it wasn't her fault. The meter was broken, and she needed to park, so she parked there anyway. She got a ticket. And so she went into the judge and said, I think this is the fault of the entire city of Tucson. Should fix their meters. The judge didn't disagree, but he can't just let her go. So he said, I'm going to send you to community service. Don't you, as your husband, have volunteers at the church? She said yes and said, uh, okay, so five hours of community service. And, fellas, can I tell you how delightful it is when you write a letter to the judge saying, yes, I can say that she served her debt to society. Man, what a great time. Forgive them of their sins. There has to be a payment. Verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, the Old Testament. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not know her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Christmas isn't perfect. Christmas is the annual reminder, because we forget, that God is still at work. Jesus was born right here on earth, gave up heaven. In our house, we have two betta fish. We have two betta fish because we had a church event in the fall that had goldfish. Chloe, what happened to the goldfish? They died. So... We have betta fish because we can keep them alive. And sometimes we wonder what they see. 
we were doing this whole family thing the other night, and there was a lot of running around and a flying toy, and we look over, and the fish, both of them are at their, their bowl looking out at us. <laughs> Do you even know? Can you even see us? What's a fish eyesight? I don't know. But they were just looking out, and so we were a little laughing about it and wondering, what, what do they see? Do they, do they, can they see the Christmas tree? None of us want to trade candy or bluey or bike riding to find out to give up our life to become a fish in a bowl, but that's what Jesus did, gave up all of heaven to come down to be one of us, become a human, born in a barn, the first night sleeping, well, not with the fishes, but with the cows, and grew up to show us we are not alone. We are not abandoned like it can feel like we are. I know Christmas is not perfect at your house this year, but Christmas was never meant to be perfect. Christmas is the annual reminder in this crazy world of imperfect. We are not alone. We have the God of the universe with us, and we have each other. If your complaint is the Holy Spirit is too subtle, not dramatic enough, I'll point you back to that first experience Mary and Joseph had with the Holy Spirit. Their first Christmas wasn't subtle at all. But I think we can be thankful that we didn't have to do that. In case you're wondering, at our house many years ago, about 10 years ago, Jenny went to the store, one of the Christmas artificial Christmas tree stores, I don't know, probably Hobby Lobby, where she spends most of her time. And right after Christmas, when the Christmas trees go on sale, Jenny bought a seven-foot-tall, how tall is it? Nine-foot-tall artificial tree for a nickel. And it's beautiful. And every year that artificial tree goes up, and I, I don't get to participate, but the kids decorate it with her. And she's even bought me ornaments. Really, I tell you all that to say, fellas, there's hope because... If you got nothing out of the story, just understand, I was right. Can I get an amen? Artificial one. That's how you have a perfect Christmas. No, that's not the point at all. 25 years ago, we tried to make Christmas perfect, and it wasn't perfect. But you know what? It was great. And so for this Christmas, it's not going to be perfect. Your life is not a Hallmark movie, and to that I say, whew. This is real life. What we have is right now, we have each other, and we want to be the best version of ourselves. We want to celebrate the fact that Christmas is the reminder is, while this doesn't look like we think it should, God is still here. God is still at work. In this Christmas, we don't want to miss it. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, there are some of us who believe that you truly are at work, even though it doesn't look like we think it should. Here's what we are asking this year, Lord. Open my eyes so I don't miss it. If there's anybody here today who doesn't know you, that ABC approach to the relationship with you, we may have been a surprise to our parents, but we were not a shock to you. Would you open our eyes to see you calling us by name? A, B, C, the relationship with you. A is to admit that we are sinners. That we're pretty good. But it is possible. We don't reach the lofty standards of perfection. 
B is to believe that Jesus is the perfect one who makes us worthy of the throne room of God. And C is to choose this day to trust you and to spend our time becoming the person you created us to be. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, amen.